Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. What do women want? It's the age-old question, and it's the one most of you have on your mind right now, because you want to learn to become the best kind of guy that women want, so that you can start getting laid like a rock star right now. But did you know that most of what you think you know about selection, sexual selection by women is totally wrong? See, this video is a response to the thousands of comments that I get on my YouTube videos every single week, with guys sort of saying things they make facts. They state what they think are facts about how women behave sexually, and they're often totally wrong with absolutely no uh, foundation in science whatsoever. So, what do women really want? Keep watching to find out. So, there's this narrative, this story that gets told around, like, pickup artist campfires, about how, historically, humans have evolved to, to, to choose sexual partners. The narrative goes like this. Uh, for millennia, human beings have lived in small tribes, and in those small tribes, um, the men and the women had to select mates based on certain criteria. You see, the men, well, they could be, they could just go around and shag whoever the heck they wanted, and they should go around and shag whoever the heck they wanted, um, because they bore no responsibility for helping to raise the children if they didn't want to. There was no one to hold them to that fact, so men could just go around and be sexually crazy. That's how men are evolved. That makes sense. In these tribes, however, women, oof, women bear a lot of responsibility if they have sex because they give birth, they have children, and if a woman has sex and uh, she doesn't know who the father is or she has sex and the father doesn't hang around for her, that baby's probably going to die and she's probably going to die. And the reason for that is that it's a hard world out there and women can be get really incapacitated when they're pregnant, when they have young children. They need a man around to help them. So is this story true? Because this story leads on to a lot of other beliefs, right? Leads on to the belief that because of these sexual predilections, uh, women want monogamy. They need monogamy. They need a protective male to, to hang around and protect her, right? That's what they're looking for. They're looking for that guy, that stable rock. Um, whereas men, men don't need that. <laughs> men don't need it at all. Uh, and this really, it, it creates a lot of the, the ways that we go about attracting women and talking to women in, in our day-to-day -day lives. And so is this story true? Well, stories are dangerous. Uh, now, this story, this particular kind of narrative about human history, it evolved in an era decades ago when we were we told a lot of stories about human behavior. And a lot of those stories were based on a little bit of science and a lot on the social norms at the time. So, for example, we used very similar stories to justify the belief that women were less intelligent than men. And we used stories like this to justify the notion that um, anyone who wasn't white was somehow evolutionarily inferior to white people, right? We used stories that were crazy, that had no, almost no science to back them, but that seemed rational enough, and they seemed rational enough because they matched our belief about the world at that point in time. So what does the science actually have to say when we actually go and have a look at ancient tribes or existing tribes that have very little Western influence? Well, I'll tell you what we discover, and it's quite an interesting one. First of all, that there appears to be very little commonality in sexual behavior from one tribe to another, right? It appears like you get some tribes which are, which have women making the sexual first move, like women go out there and choose the mate, guys have very little say in it. 
You get tribes that are very, very um, harem oriented, right? So you get a few guys at the top with like 28 wives and you get the guys below them getting none. And then you get tribes where, uh, you know, the, the women have the belief that they have to have sex with a variety of different men to imbue their children that they're going to have with those different traits. So a woman in that tribe is going to go out and she's going to shag the really strong alpha kind of chest beater guy. But then the very next day she's going to shag the geek in the group because she wants a child also to have brains and so on and so forth. So our sexual behaviors seem to be incredibly variable, right? Able to change depending on the culture in which we find ourselves. And that is, that's one of the hallmarks of what scientists believe right now is the basic rule of thumb in humans. And that is that we are incredibly sexually plastic. We can change how we go about selecting mates, right? Depending on what we're surrounded by. And there's, a, there's another rule of thumb, which is really fascinating. And that should be quite telling about women is that women's sexual behavior is very dependent on how, on the safety of her environment. So if we look at tribes that have a lot of war, so tribes that war with neighboring tribes, like if you look at like ancient Middle East, for example, right? Where there's lots of like infighting wars going on between factions. What you see is then you see to emerge harem mentality. You see, you see that it becomes patriarchal male dominated because I mean, men are stronger. Men tend to be the ones that go to, to fight, right? So men tend to be the most important members of that society. You get the harem mentality. So the men tend to get lots and lots of wives. Um, and the men become the dominant like mate seekers. Uh, now that kind of makes sense because men in those societies, they're the protectors and they're very important protectors and they're rarer because lots of men die. So men are dying in battle far more frequently than women are dying in battle. So the ratio of men to women is less. Therefore, lots of you need large volumes of women to flock to a protective male, the few protective males that are left. That kind of behavior is a plastic behavior that makes sense in that society. But when we look at societies that have very little war or safety levels are very high, so there's not a lot of danger from the environment, what do we see? Well, we see the opposite. We see that they tend to be far more matriarchal um, in their sexual behaviors. So women tend to be the selectors. Women tend to be the, the, the sexual, um, the ones who, who, who control the sexual narrative of the tribe. And that's really fascinating to see. Um, and so then you look at modern day society and you say, well, a woman safe or women in danger and you say well more and more at least in the western world women are earning more and more money uh they're getting better and better educated they're definitely protected legally they're protected you know by society by a legal system by a police force right so women's safe safety is no longer in much danger right so women live in a far safer society than they ever did so when you start to ask about are women monogamous are women strictly just looking for a relationship no no that's not how women are wired uh, and they never have been, right? There's a lot of talk about that narrative that women are, that women have to be careful, at least historically, because if they had a child, they were incapacitated. But that was never true. Like when we look at the scientific record, we can see that tribes raise children together, right? If a woman had a baby, didn't know who the dad was, the dad was killed, that baby was raised by the tribe anyway. I mean, the mom would nurse it, the mom would give it love. But the tribe would look after that child just as much. Why? Because the tribe's all related. I mean, that baby is a lot of people's first, second, third cousin once removed. Um, they're all related. So they're looking after the child because they're a part of the family. The family unit is much larger than just mom and dad like it is today in today's cultures, right? So that, that was rarely ever a danger that, that the mom's children wouldn't be looked after by the tribe. So that's complete rubbish, that story that we tell.
And I want to go even further into this rabbit hole of women and monogamous creatures. I want to have a little bit of a talk about this. When we, when we really ask how are humans wired to behave, let's look, at it, let's look at how we're built, all right? If we look at a woman's body and our behavior, so let's look at a woman's body. Um, ask yourself, I don't know if you've ever asked yourself this, why do women enjoy sex almost the whole month round? I mean, women are only really fertile for a few days in a month. Why do women enjoy sex the whole month round? Why are they wired that way? Most other animals aren't. Most females in the species only are only open to sex during those few days of the month or year when they're actually, you know, able to procreate. So that's number one. Why do women enjoy sex? Number two, why do women generally enjoy sex for longer than men? And why do they have multiple, why can they have multiple orgasms? Why is that a thing? Right? It's a question that needs to be asked, right? Why, why? in general does the average amount of time a male has sex so much lower than the average amount of time a female would want to have sex interesting question why are in regardless of any culture that you look at why are women vocal vocally why are women why are women so vocal during sex because that's another big one right it doesn't matter what culture you look at the women are always big sexual vocalizers and that means that women are saying that they're making very loud and letting the tribe know, I'm having sex right now. I'm sexually active. Woo! Everyone look at me. Why do women do that? That's not necessary. Again, then let's look at the male bodies. Now, there's a couple of interesting things about a male body, but the biggest one is this. The male penis. Very odd shape. I don't know if you've even thought about it, but male human penises are very, very oddly shaped for a penis. They're mostly being about the mushroom tip at the top. Why do we have that? Why is that shape there? Well, it turns out that shape is there because it acts as a plunger. It pulls out other men's semen out of a woman's vagina and replaces it with his own. Odd stuff, right? I mean, there's a lot of this. There's a lot of really weird stuff going on in our genetics. If you look at male sperm, right? What human sperm, what human sperm does is it's a lot of it, like a large percentage of human sperm is actually designed to attack sperm from other males right it's killer sperm it attacks other men's sperm so why why have we evolved over millennia to have sperm that attacks other men's sperm because the sperm is competing in the vagina so when we look at all these things what do we see we see a, a long historic record of evolution where there has been a lot of promiscuous sex like a lot like i'm talking like orgy levels of promiscuous sex going on somewhere in the human record for a very very long period of time right so that is still very much in our sexual dna you know the notion that women to pair bond and pair bond for life is not quite right at all in fact it's nowhere close to right you know the notion that humans are meant to pair bond mostly and occasionally philander that's not that doesn't really fit in with the record that we can see either with the way that humans have evolved so that whole narrative it's it's bogus it's corrupt um it's true that women to some degree in modern society, and men of course, are, we are shaped by our society, by the rules that are imposed upon us, by a mostly sort of a Yahweh, you know, Christian, Muslim, Judaic religion, social structure, right? Um, that's mostly imposed on us, but our culture can change and it changes rapidly. Look how much our culture has changed with our views to sex, especially women's sexuality since the 50s, since the 40s. Right? How much has that changed between then and the 60s? Right? Just three, four decades. Radically, radically altered. So, what do women want? 
Well, before I talk about what women want, let's talk about what you want, right? And I know what you want. You want women. You want to be able to date lots of women. You want to be able to attract lots of women. And probably you want to be able to sleep with lots of women before you find a long-term partner. I have an online program called the School of Attraction, right? The program is called Sincere Seduction Online. And it's an entire 20 hours of coaching on how to attract women, how to overcome insecurity, how to build confidence, how to flirt, how to build rapport, how to get women's numbers, get women on dates, how to create a perfect date that leads to sex. It's, it's, a, it's a very comprehensive program where I hold your hand every step of the way. And I'm going to talk through, you know, the science behind all these strategies. There's not going to be any bogus stories to be told, like the narrative about a human tribal society in the past of white women and monogamous creatures. There's not going to be any of that. Everything is based in science and proper scientific research. I've got a special going on right now. If you'd like to check out that course, go ahead and click in one of these corners right now. Right. Now that you've checked out the program, let me tell you about what women want. You're probably not going to like my answer, however, because the answer is what women want changes radically from woman to woman. <laughs> um, and that sounds like a PC answer. It's not actually meant to be. What it means is that what a woman want is largely dependent on plastic based on the society that she grew up on, the culture she grew up in, the type of family she had when she grew up, largely dependent. Meaning you are going to meet women for whom monogamy is just, she can't picture anything outside of just having one mate for life. You're going to meet women who are going to be highly sexually exploratory. Right? And that is totally natural for them. That's not unhealthy. That's not um, hurting her in any way. That's just the kind of woman she's at. Yes, you're also going to meet women who have sex because they've got a lot of insecurities that they need to work through. Right, So they're having sex for unhealthy reasons. You're going to meet women like that too. Um, being really great with women is actually about learning to read her and where she's at and what she wants. Um, you know, Being great with women is being able to read them and get them to tell the story of the kind of woman that they are. That is an art form. That's something that I teach in my course, but that's really what you need to do. Stop following a story that says all women are like this or all men are like this, right? You may be watching this and you may be a man who's focused on monogamy and that's fine because you are going to have sexual plasticity. There's going to be sexual variety across men as well. So different men are going to want different things and that's totally fine. That's it. And thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash personality test to complete our scientifically backed attraction personality test, which will help you uncover the areas you most need to work on based on your personality assessment. Take care and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.